are listening to Four Point Stance, women's tackle football talk on so many damn places it's hard to keep up. <laughs> if you want to access the show through your favorite podcast, go to anchor.fm slash the number 4PT Stance. And if your favorite podcast location is not there, please request it and Anchor will get that set up. You can go to Mixcloud in the search bar, put Four Point Stance all written out, or just look up Coach Ash. That'll find the show. You can join the forum. And on the official Twitter handle, number four underscore PT underscore stance. Or you can just follow me directly, W34VI1. And you can even get on Yelfi, the number four PT stance, or W34VI1. And you can access the show through Facebook at W34VI1 Productions. And as a reminder, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline available anytime and Anytime you need it, even anytime when you don't need it either, they're always available. 1-800-273-8255. Alright, so we got Memorial Day weekend coming up, so there's not as many football games as there should. We do have a cross-league game in the mix, but obviously this is kind of a mellow weekend. A lot of teams are getting the bye, and then some teams have some big games. Starting up with the Guam League, um, they still have their usual. It's week four for them. Island Stunners will be hosting Team Legacy. This will be a very interesting matchup because I kind of have a feeling that this is what's going to be potentially the championship game June 22nd. So it'll be very interesting to see how this plays out with this game. I see Legacy winning, but I don't see it being by a lot. I see the Island Centers, just as they have been in the past, being kind of difficult for them. And then the Cinderella Raiders will be hosting the Steel Blazing Saints. This is another one of those games that is going to be very close. You know, when they saw each other week one, it was a very close game. Um, And I see this being very close for them again. Jumping to the USWFL, um, West Virginia at Detroit Pride. I actually do think this would be a very well-matched game. You know, West Virginia is coming out of that spanking from Hampton Roads pretty much two games in a row. Um, Detroit has had their share of toughness. So I do think this is going to slow it down for them quite well. And actually work out more in their favor. Um, Who's going to win? I don't know. But I do see this being a little easier for the two of them. Just in the fact that it does slow it down quite a bit. The DMV Knights will take on Keystone Assault. When they last saw each other, it was week 3, April 13th. Keystone did win 32-8. But DMV did score 8 points. So it would be interesting to see how... Considering that they held Washington last week to under 30, if they maybe have something figured out where they can take out Keystone, it'll be very interesting. I'm not sure. Obviously, Keystone has the advantage here, but, you know, I'm not going to hold out. DMV has a chance. Saw earlier today that the Fayetteville Fierce at Trace Indies Thunder game doesn't look like it'll be happening. Um,. It looks like Fayetteville's probably injured from the last game when they saw each other last week. So, that game's not happening, which is kind of sad. 
And then finally, the Hampton Road Lady Gators will take on their friendly rivals from the WNFC, the North Florida Pumas. These two usually always play each other when it comes to this time of year. So this is going to be a very interesting game. I know that this isn't marked on the WNFC page, which makes sense. It's an out-of-league game. But um, between Hampton Roads and North Florida, this is always one of those games that's back and forth. Um, in the past, I would have said North Florida had the advantage here. But, you know, North Florida's been getting a little beat up. So this could be Hampton Roads' game. Um, this is a very interesting setup between these two. And uh, it'll be kind of fun to see how this game comes out. But, yes, it is a cross-league game, even though the... Uh, USWFL website is wrong on how they marked it. Pumas are in the WNFC, but that's more of a nuance than anything else. On Since I'm talking about the WNFC, they have two other games scheduled, and this one's going to be very interesting. We have Houston Heat traveling to the Atlanta Phoenix. Um, Houston's had some time to rest. Atlanta, not so much. But I still see Atlanta having the advantage being the home team. And this could be a very interesting matchup. I don't know if it'll be close, but I see Atlanta definitely taking that victory. And then we have our battle for San Diego. The Surge will be traveling technically to the Rebellion. And uh, this is going to be a very interesting setup. Um, You know, the Surge has won before. They've won earlier in the season. But can the Rebellion do the upset and take the victory there? Don't know. I think Surge can win it, but I don't see the Rebellion being that easy of a game. And then on the WFA side of things, obviously only a handful of games. Um, It says 15, but we know at least 14 for sure, because one is already marked a forfeit. It'll be interesting going forward to see how many games actually come out of this. Western Connecticut Hawks will take on the main mayhem. Western Connecticut is looking at a 3-2 season so far with their losses at the hands of Philly and Richmond. You know, Maine, when we look at Maine's record, Maine is 1-4. All of their losses have been to the knockout Wolves. Western Connecticut earlier, but it was a close game. And Philly, with the exception of... Them taking out the New York knockout two weeks ago. Every one of their games has been close. So even that game t- against Western Connecticut was a close game. It was a 7-6 to six victory for the Hawks. So this is going to be a very interesting matchup. I see it being another close game. Who's going to win? I don't know. But this is definitely going to be a close game between these two. Pittsburgh Passion will take on the Detroit Dark Angels. Pittsburgh is looking at 4-2 on their record. You know, coming out of their nail-biting loss to D.C. Um, Both of their losses are only at the hands of D.C. Otherwise, they have beaten Cleveland, Baltimore, Grand Rapids. So this is definitely going to be a whole other level for them. Detroit undefeated, so they definitely have a lot they want to put on this. If they can take out Pittsburgh, Cleveland and Columbus won't be a problem for them. So this is going to be a very interesting game. It is in Detroit, so that does give the Dark Angels an advantage. But I kind of say flip a coin on this one because I'm not even sure what's going to come out on this one. Obviously, we're going to want to pay attention to it. 
but I see this game being definitely one of the good ones of the season. Toledo Rain will take on the Columbus Vanguards. Toledo's sitting at 3-2. and two. Um, The two losses, they lost to the Vanguards a couple weeks ago. Lost to Detroit last or two weeks ago. Um, this is going to be interesting because, you know, they've been doing well, but they have a two-game losing streak. That's not ideal. Where Columbus is sitting at 4-1. and one. Their only loss was Wisconsin in the beginning, and that was to be anticipated because it's always first game of the year. But beyond that, they have just been running through. When they last played Toledo on May 4th, it ended up being 47-7. to So, you know, Toledo's got to definitely plan ahead and make sure that they don't get defeated yet again in a similar fashion. The Houston Energy Como County camo game doesn't look like it's going to be happening. And it could be just fields or whatever. I don't know, but it's marked as a forfeit. So, looks like Houston will get probably, uh, who knows, it could be the energy getting that 2-0. Portland Fighting Shockwave at Tacoma Trauma. Don't know on that one. And Seattle Spartans at Southern Oregon Lady Gates. Don't know on that one. And I say that because Tacoma forfeited last week and Seattle forfeited last week as well. Don't know. Ventura Wolfpack will take on Eastern Sierra Mustangs. Ventura is sitting at a 1-4 record. That is not to be ashamed of. I yeah, Okay, to be honest, yes, 1-4 sucks. But at the same time, all of their games, with the exception of Inland last week, have been close. You know, Inland was a 31-0 game. Sin City was the only other worst one, 28-8. But everything else was 14-6, 14-0. You know, they won 14-8 over Phoenix. They're still very close games. Um, obviously it's not going to be the easiest, but I think this does slow it down for them considering that Eastern Sierra is 0-5 and, uh, you know, they have, uh, haven't had it easy either. They're, you know, they lost to Nevada 68-2, lost to Kern County 43-0, lost to Sin City 64-6, Kern County again 37-14, Inland 28-6. So I think this does slow it down for them a little bit. And this is good for both teams. And we'll see. Technically, this gives them a, both a chance to kind of remember why they joined this sport and go forward. Inland Empire Ravens will take on the Phoenix Phantoms. Inland Empire is 2-3. and three. This is going to be a very interesting matchup for the two of them. Um, you know, Inland Empire is in a tough SoCal area. Because you got some, I mean, you got Cali War right on your doorstep. But you have Nevada nearby, Ventura, Kern County, you know, Eastern Sierra is not very far. But, you know, Inland Empire's two victories are only from Eastern Sierra and Ventura. So, everything else has been super blowouts, with the exception of the Sin City game. So, it'll be very interesting to see how it'll match up against the 2-3 and three Phoenix. You know, Phoenix's wins are against La Moeta de la Cruces and Kern County, which is still kind of a surprise in my opinion. Um... So, I think this is just as I've said for Ventura and Eastern Sierra. This is a good game to slow it down. And I think this will be a pretty enjoyable game for both parties. Kern County Crusaders are sitting at 4-1 and because of their surprise loss to the Phoenix Phantoms. They will be taking on the Nevada Storm. Nevada's undefeated. And uh, 
as, as the season has progressed, they're getting a little bit caught up. Can Kern County hand them their first loss? Is possible. Um, you know, Nevada still has Cali coming up, and that's not going to end well for Nevada, to be honest. But, um, you know, Kern County obviously isn't happy about their loss to Phoenix. And Nevada probably shouldn't be happy about, you know, having a close 28-12 to victory over Sin City. So, this will definitely be one of those games. Who will win? I don't know. Um, I really don't know. Depends on who's hungrier. And, you know, Kern County's not going to be happy over a victory. But Nevada, you know, sitting at the undefeated mark, this is going to be a very interesting matchup. Minnesota Vixen will take on the St. Louis Slam. This game is one of those everyone will want to pay attention to on top of the Pittsburgh Passion Detroit Dark Angels game just because this is the battle of the undefeated. Somebody coming out of this game will have a loss and that will hurt them greatly in the playoffs potentially. You know, breaking it down on the Minnesota Vixen, all of their victories... You know, their 17-13 win over Kansas City, the 35-6 win over Wisconsin, the 7-0 win over Kansas, 50-0 over Wisconsin, and 59-0 over Iowa. This is going to be very interesting because when we open up the St. Louis Slam stuff to do a comparison here, you know, St. Louis, 35-0 over Arkansas, 28-8 over Kansas City, 31-6 over Derby City. 77 to nothing over Iowa and their 28 to 13 victory over Kansas. You know, this is going to be very interesting going breaking these two down. We really want to do a true side-by-side comparison. This is where we get to do the fun part. Both teams have all five of their games reported. So, whatever stats are left off is on the team. We're looking at pretty equal teams, you know, um Minnesota has scored a total of 168 points, about 33.6 per game, where St. Louis is 199, 39.8 per game. Defenses have only 19 points total scored against Minnesota. They've only allowed 3.8, whereas St. Louis is sitting at 27 total. They've allowed 5.4. In my opinion, even the penalties, guy. in my opinion, these teams are relatively equal. Um... Now, what's interesting, and I wish the stats went more in detail on this, but we'll never have that just in the way this is set up. Um, Minnesota is more of a rushing team because you see that they have 1,247 rushing yards to 438 passing yards, whereas St. Louis is kind of a split down the middle. 393, excuse me, 935 rushing and 864 passing. So there's definitely quite the matchup here, but it'd be very interesting to see how defense would have handled that. I know it's like that's the one thing about these stats is they do not go into that kind of detail to tell me how, you know, yards allowed and all that stuff based on per game. That's the my only fault on these breakdowns is, you know, this is how we break it down for the men. We we would know oh, yeah, this team can handle this rushing defense, this can handle this, and it's not based off Mazzies or hearsay. It's actually based off of the stats. But either way, these teams are very well matched. It is at St. Louis, so that is not going to work well for potentially for Minnesota, 
But if this does not end up being a low-scoring game, I'm going to be very surprised. Considering that both defenses are very low, they don't like having people score on them. Both of them have collectively allowed a high of 13 points. Now, granted, St. Louis has allowed a little bit more because they've had a 6 and an 8. Um, where Minnesota's only allowed 13 and a 6. Everything else has been shut out. So, this is going to be a very interesting matchup between these two. St. Louis does seem to score a little more often, but Minnesota does hold them off. So, this is a very evenly matched game. Even in penalties, very evenly matched. You know, 18 versus 20. 3.6 penalties per game, 4. Okay, that's even. Average 33 points for Minnesota, or excuse me, 33 yards average per game. Minnesota, 26 for St. Louis, average. That's even, in my opinion. These two games, these two teams are going to be well matched. So, obviously flip a coin kind of circumstance, but definitely keep your eye out on that. I know it'll be spamming our social medias for it, and somebody's going home with a loss, and that's going to really change the shape of Division Two for that division, that corner of the playoff bracket. Columbus Comets will be taking on the DC Divas. Columbus is five and one. Their only loss at the hands of Detroit Dark Angels. Otherwise, they've been doing very well. But they are going against DC Divas. DC is sitting on a 3-1 record. Um, the reason why they're only th- had four games is because they have they have kind of the regular season closer uh, June 15th. So that's why they're, they seem behind in their schedule. Um, it, it works out. But... Uh, I don't know. I obviously DC has the advantage. It is in DC's indoor facility, so that could play a role in how Columbus handles this. Um, when you look at what DC has done, especially when they're home, this is their last home game of the season too. So then this is going to play a role in them. Um, with the exception of Boston, everything else has been relatively interesting. You know. The 71-30 victory over Tampa. The 54-22 victory over Pittsburgh the first time. 32-37 loss to Baltimore. Or, excuse me, to Boston. To Boston, sorry. Um, You know, that plays quite a role here. Being in that indoor facility, you know. But the Divas have a lot to pay attention to. Because if Columbus was paying attention to film all this week... From the Pittsburgh game, maybe DC didn't show enough. Maybe DC showed too much, and so it'll be interesting. It'll be DC's game to lose, to be honest. But you know, Columbus has a chance. Daytona Wave Runners will take on the Miami Fury. Daytona is sitting at one and three. Their victory coming to them from the Jacksonville Dixie Blues. Um, they have lost to Miami already on April 13th, so week two, um, 34 to eight. So looking at some of their others, you know, that is kind of a tough pick, you know, Orlando killed them. And then their other loss was a close game to South Carolina, you know, Miami, maybe, maybe Daytona has a chance, but it also depends on how much Orlando hurt them. 
You know, when you look at Miami's record, they're sitting at two and three. Their losses were handed to them by Tampa Bay and Orlando, flat out. Um, 61 to 20, 36 to 26, 41 to nothing. You know, it happens. So this will be a very interesting game. I see Miami do take taking that victory, but you know, Daytona could surprise us. Iowa Phoenix will take on the Wisconsin Dragons. Looking at when the last time they saw each other, which would have been April 27th, Wisconsin did win 50-6, to and thus kind of started the whole losing streak for Iowa. So this is going to be a very interesting setup, considering that this is not going to get any easier for Iowa here. Um, their only two victories came to the hand, in their hands uh, when they played against Tulsa and Arkansas. 13 to 6, 24 to nothing. And then after that it was just a 50 to 6 loss, 77 to nothing loss and a 59 to nothing loss. So, this is going to be very hard for Iowa Phoenix going forward. And looking at Minnesota who's 4 and 2, their losses are at the hands of the Minnesota Vixen. You know, Iowa definitely has an uphill battle. Wisconsin is the stronger team here and it is at Wisconsin. So, this is going to be a definite interesting Game for the two. I do see Wisconsin winning this one. The Mississippi Panthers will take on the Derby City Dynamite. Looking at how this has played out. Um, this will be Mississippi's last game of the season. Regular season at least. Because their final game was forfeited. Um, they were supposed to play Arkansas next week. But that doesn't look like that. That's obviously not happening. Um... Taking on Derby City, this is going to be an interesting setup for them because this could put them at 500, could not. Um, when you look at Derby City's schedule and how they're they're four and two, their two losses were Columbus and St. Louis. Um, you know they're pretty consistent, so this is going to be a very interesting matchup between these two. Um, it's very interesting. We don't have any stats for Derby City, so I can't even analyze that. I can say the 214 points scored again with the 63 against. When you go look at Mississippi, there is 146 points for, but 64 against. So, you know, obviously defense is strong on both sides, but they have allowed a lot more points than they probably ideally would like. Um, I kind of put Derby City up there with Mississippi, the Royalties, um, caliber and royalty is pretty good. So if they if the Panthers do lose, it's going to be close game. I don't see it being a huge blowout, but I do see it being a relatively close game. And then finally, the Jacksonville Dixie Blues will take on the South Carolina Smash. Um, Jacksonville sitting at zero and five. And it hasn't really been the greatest for them. They still have Tampa and Miami to finish out the season. That's not going to be easy for them. Um, they've only scored 12 points, and they scored those uh, against Daytona in, on May 11th. Um, South Carolina is sitting at 3-3. Three and three. They're at 50%, um, or 500 if you want to be technical. And uh, their losses, you know... Were Orlando, Richmond, and Derby. So it's kind of a interesting setup for these two. Um, South Carolina also hasn't put in stats either. Huh, that's very interesting. I was told that was a requirement. So, hmm. Anyway, 
yeah, it, it's playing out for how this goes for, for throughout the season. It's going to be very interesting. Just in the fact of... I see it being kind of a well-matched game for these two. It does slow the game down a little bit. Um, they haven't seen each other... really. They haven't seen each other all season, so I think this slows them down and gives them a chance to really focus on what they need. Obviously, I got the the Oz alarm going off in the background, and we're just going to have to ignore him because he's been like this all day. Um, Pretty much, that's all I have in the way of scores. I am checking the feed to make sure nothing popped up because every every time I record a show... Something always pops up saying, nope, nope, and it always changes something, but as far as we know, we do know that the Houston Energy at Como County camo game has been canceled, or is forfeited, and the Fayetteville Fierce at at um, Tri-Cities Thunder has been forfeited, so it'll be very interesting See what others end up showing up. Um, so far, not really seeing much in the sense of what's popping up. Nothing's really like, you know, making sure I pay attention to it. A lot of spam on my feed, but I guess that's my fault. Um, it's not much, so hopefully that's really how it goes. I know since it's like. Big bye week for everybody. It's going to be interesting to see what coming into the next week we have. And oddly enough, you know, I'm sure some of you are kind of like, oh, I'm surprised you're not having a real talk here. Well, I kind of got it all out last episode, so it's not really much. Um, You know, obviously something will come up that I'll have to talk about for the next week. But right now, not much of an issue. It'll just be an interesting thing going forward to see if any more things are said about officials or whatever happens. You know, so going forward, be prepared that there may be more calling out. And as the season kind of draws to an end, we're over the halfway mark for every single one of these leagues I cover. We will see how that plays out into, you know, what's the offseason going to look like. And... I must say right now, I see a lot happening. I see a lot of craziness happening. And how to specify that? Yeah, it's really tough to specify now. So we'll figure that out once we reach that point, and we'll go from there. That all being said, before I go, I'd like to give a special thank you to Monique and Mark for donating to the show. Your donations are greatly appreciated, and that actually does open up quite a bit. Um, now I can actually potentially make stuff again for other things. So do realize that I'm always welcome to donations. And if you want to donate to the show, get a hold of me and I can get you my PayPal link or you can donate through Anchor um, and go from there. So that all being said, you have been listening to Four Point Stance Women's Tackle Football Talk on so many places it's hard to keep track. If you want to access your favorite podcast location, go to anchor.fm slash the number 4PT stance. And from there, you can access Apple, Google, Spotify, Breaker, like a few others. But if your favorite one isn't there, please request it and 
Anchor will work on it and get it set up for you so you can access it. And I will know when it happens because I get updates all the time. You can go to Mixcloud and in the search bar, because it's easier than me just spelling out the entire URL, you can search for Four Point Stance or you can just look Coach Ash and that'll find it too. And it's easy to get a hold of. You can follow the show on the official Twitter feed, The Forum, at the number four underscore PT underscore stance, or you can just follow me directly, W34VI1, and you can even access it on Yelfi, the number four PT stance, W34VI1 as well. And you can even follow most of, pretty much actually, you can follow the show on Facebook and catch it and see what other portfolio items I have made through my production company at W34VI1 Productions. And as a reminder, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline available 24-7 no matter what. Help you with anything and everything except squawking birds. You can... (laughs) catch them. They're always there to help. 1-800-273-8255.